I went to a marvelous party. Most people don't even know the facts. The underlying ideas don't have enough depth to last for an entire season. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. Live from the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, the Internet's first live comedy variety show. Featuring special correspondents from the worlds of entertainment, politics, and lousy relationships, everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you through the dinnerpartyshow.com with your hosts, New York Times best-selling novelists Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to the live cast of The Dinner Party Show for December 2nd, 2012. And tonight, we will not be talking about the eight-year-old girl who was bitten on the arm by a dolphin at SeaWorld after she flagrantly ignored park rules regarding the feeding of dolphins. We will not be talking about her not because her injuries were not serious, which they weren't, and not because her parents tried the old blame the park operators because I let my my child screw with mother nature while I filmed it trick. No, we will not be talking about the love bite flipper laid on eight-year-old Jillian Thomas because we've seen enough sci-fi and disaster movies to believe that every seemingly random attack on a human by an animal is actually the opening salvo of a catastrophic global war waged by wild creatures against overeating iPhone camera wielding humans, a war we are doomed to lose. Eric? Goodness. And under no circumstances will we be talking about what a mean drunk Lindsay Lowen is turning into, or her recent arrest, or what her father thinks about it. Though we might pause to ask, if the woman Lindsay hit was a psychic, why didn't she just duck? I mean, didn't she see it coming? And we might also take a little side trip to talk about how silly it is to be fighting over a boy from The Wanted. If it was One Direction, we might understand, but still, we wouldn't talk about it much. We will also not be talking about the Middle East. And that includes the U.N. General Assembly's vote to recognize Palestinian statehood. Why, you ask? We'll tell you why. Because absolutely everything about this seemingly intractable millennia-old struggle freaks us the fuck out. It divides our friends, reduces our lunchtime conversations to teary fights, and also, it routinely kills large numbers of people. We have no easy answers to the ongoing struggle between Israel and its neighbors, which is why we, unlike most people in the Western world are choosing to shut the fuck up about it. And yes, we just used the F word twice in a discussion of why we won't be discussing the Middle East on tonight's live cast. Why? Because we aren't regulated by the FCC. Eric? Thank you, Christopher. And thanks to the FCC for leaving us the hell alone. We will also not be discussing the cancellation of Kelsey Grammer's political drama, Boss. We'd like to, but we're just a little too upset to talk about it right now. 
Suffice it to say, there will always be a dark, cold place in our hearts where we will keep and treasure the blood-chilling moments of this photo-perfect depiction of the soullessness of cynical, unchecked political ambition. But we just can't talk about it right now, so don't ask. I know, I know. And on that same topic we won't be discussing, we will not be lending credence to or in any way celebrating the belief that an actor or creative artist of any kind should be unilaterally dismissed on the basis of political views they've expressed publicly, views with which we may not agree. While we reserve the right to make fun of everyone and speak out against any celebrity's attempt to repeal our civil rights and legal protections as gay people, we find the notion that we should unilaterally boycott the movies and TV shows of openly Republican artists simply because they disagree with us about our nation's tax structure to be childish and absurd. So congratulations, Mr. Grammer, on one of the best performances by an actor in recent memory, and I hope someday you'll come around on Capital Gains. And, just in case we weren't clear about what we won't be talking about, here are some guidelines. If we talk about talent shows, and we will not be talking about talent shows, but if we do, we will not be discussing the judges or the hosts. And here's hoping they get some talent worth discussing soon, huh? We will also not be handicapping the 2016 elections, but here's hoping they get some talent worth discussing soon. And we will most certainly not be rehashing the snarky and obvious remarks of Angus Jones, who who coincidentally plays the title role, and a half, on the sitcom Two and a Half Men, on which he was remarking. But here's hoping they too get some talent worth discussing soon. Other than that, everything else is on the table on tonight's livecast of The Dinner Party Show. To begin tonight's dinner party show, we have Shaman Tofutu of the Ichiwawa tribe with this evening's provocation. Great spirit, we call on you to watch over those of us who respect your planet and all her inhabitants. Ensure the health of those who do not feast on the flesh of your creatures. Protect those who do not wear the fur and hides of your fluffy little forest animals like Bambi and Thumper. Smite those who do not observe the sacred trust between this world you have given us and those who revere her. Cleanse the earth of those who are not in harmony with the ancient ways and entrust her back to those of us who are truly deserving, those they took it from in the first place. And great spirit, thanks again for the casinos. I Chihuahua. Was it that bird in here? Or? I think that may have been the great spirit. Uh, okay, I hope so, because we're Either not supposed to have birds in the studio. I, I had this odd crunch bar for lunch. It may have been. You yeah. are on that very weird diet. Yeah, Eric Shaw Quinn has lost 33 pounds, is it, in the past? The last weighing, yes. The yes. last time they took me to the truck stop and figured out how much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm down 33 pounds so far. And he has been keeping very close track of everyone he knows who has not commented on his dramatic weight loss. So. That's right. It's really pissing me off. I'm Watch really out. knocking myself out about you this. You actually, you really are knocking yourself out, and it, it is incredible. You are the third person I know to go on this diet, and let me just say that this diet is not a sponsor of the Dinner Party Show. This is an organic— But uh, they could you know. be. We are available for sponsorship, and I am a perfect spokesmodel. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, welcome to the December 2nd livecast of the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. I imagine we have two drunk guys in the studio right now, so I think they're our guests, right? I, I hope so, although it's the Sunset Strip. So you can never be entirely sure. They might have just wandered in from uh, Chateau Marmont next door. Absolutely. Alec Mappa, comedian, artist, icon. 
And our first musical guest. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Eric has been talking about the musical performance that we're going to hear from Alec Mappa literally for three years. Yes. Three whole years. Three even entire we... years, even though the sh- I had, hadn't heard the, the routine until about six months ago, and the show's only been on the air for a month. I've been talking about this for three years. It's that good. It really is that good. And then our other guest is Tony Sweet, host yes. of On Air with Tony Sweet. He's an internet radio pioneer. He's really the inspiration for us to do this show. Absolutely. Yeah, I was a guest on a show years ago at LA Blog Talk Radio, and I've, I've followed his career very closely, and he's here tonight to actually talk about a new venture that he is starting. Really? Oh, yes. good. Well, I'm glad to hear about that. Yeah, I believe the show On Air with Tony Sweet is getting a new home, so I think he's going to talk about that. And I have a very special announcement to make. Right. Have you forgotten already my announcement? No, no, I'm just trying. I'm working on my very (laughs) special reaction. I I don't mean to sound condescending, Eric Sharquin, but this is a radio show, so if you're going to do facial reactions, we're going to need to pair them with a sound effect. And if you're going to need me to have a bigger reaction, you may want to do something that startles me more. <laughs> okay, I have the same big announcement I've been talking about all week. I will be making an announcement about my forthcoming novel, The Heavens Rise, which will be published by Gallery Books, which is an imprint of uh, Simon & Schuster, where I've already done two books. So I will be making that later in the broadcast. And it's very exclusive it's and very, very, very exclusive. Very, very important. It's our very own exclusive. Is, is this our first exclusive here on the show? Mm, yeah. I think so. I do. I think so. I guess, yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, So I think uh, Breck Artery is back. Breck? Oh, yeah. Well, Breck always keeps us abreast of what's going on. Anything else we need to talk about? Well, let's remind our listeners that the way to interact with us is via the Facebook page. We are monitoring our Facebook page very closely on our respective iPads. Well, Christopher is. I can't figure out how my (laughs) app works yet. So Christopher is very closely monitoring those. Yes, absolutely. And a special mention to Buffy Peterson. She was concerned that she wasn't going to be able to listen to the show tonight because she lives in an area that was threatened with flooding from the storm front that's moving through California. How sweet is that? Worried about us in the midst Absolutely. of a flood. We're very glad to hear that Buffy has been spared. There's no flood, I, right? There has been no flood, but apparently Buffy says she had to really mow down some old ladies in the grocery store to get home to her computer on time. So we may, Well, that's we, all right then. But as long as it was in the name of the dinner party show. So right. The way and there inter- was no flood. Absolutely. So interact with us on Facebook. Post questions for Alec Mappa and Tony Sweet there, which we will pitch to them when we are live on the air with them. And now I think we have Breck Artery here for, for a to news update. To bring us update. up to date, right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Counting on Brack. Fair and balanced as always. She was a very pretty young woman no one found attractive. (laughs) You might as well learn to type, because despite the fact that you were the most attractive person in this movie, you ain't never going to get you a husband. Oh, Mom. He was just a regular guy who was really really beautiful, even though he did absolutely nothing to earn the rippling abs and the artfully frosted hair in his rugged and thankless but heroic profession that no one but she appreciated. I appreciate you. Let's eat another pizza and drink some more beer, even though both of us are clearly underweight and haven't eaten anything like this in years. Together, they're exactly the couple you'll pay $15 to see them become, while they completely warp your sense of love, romance, and your vaguest grip on reality. Go away. I'm not sure what I want, and so I'm just going to throw you away without even asking how you really feel. I'll wait patiently while you behave like a premenstrual 13-year-old, and then I'll say something completely improbable, like, you complete me. 
after I do some ridiculously unlikely romantic thing to convince you that you should give me a chance, even though I'm prettier than you and such a catch, even straight men would probably accept my marriage proposal. Theirs was a predictable romance that everyone saw coming, except the untalented studio hacks who keep greenlighting the same unmarketable, warmed-over romantic crap that's been bombing at the box office for years. You complete me. A skywriter spelling out the first thing I ever said to you. Why would you do that after the way I've treated you? I have no idea. And neither will you when you see this most recent version of the same romantic comedy that we've been remaking since Billy Crystal was still young enough to be a romantic lead and you didn't hate Meg Ryan. I have no idea. Movie critics are calling the feel-good movie of 1985. Why did they make the same movie again this year? I have no idea. Coming to a theater near you. How did we get so lucky? I have no idea. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show. <laughs> Go live. Well, that clearly was that not, was not Breck. Breck Artery. I think Breck is angry at us. He did not file his report this week. That's really great. Now, we'll come back to Breck. We are having our first, we're having our first big announcement, and we're having our first real technical difficulty here at the show. <laughs> That's because our guests are drunk and they pulled out a wire in the front studio. Apparently, that's what happened. Yeah, no, we just, we got things a little out of order here. And as we said on our first episode, this is a show about Chris and Eric learn to do a radio show. So yes, absolutely. today we learned what we do when our segments just kind of... Um, aren't where we need for them to be. <laughs> it was very exciting. That's very exciting. So we're going to move on to our exciting hors d'oeuvre portion of tonight's dinner party. Yes, we are. We And the hors d'oeuvre portion is where we discuss current events for the week that don't really have much of a bearing on anyone's lives but our own. Um, but we, we feel that there's really an impact that should be explored. <laughs> I, it's In the interest of being fair, we each bring in our own story. Okay, And my story this week is a ruling by a French appeals court, which knocked me out of my chair when I heard about it. Really? Yeah, it, it really did. knock you out well, of your chair. The implications Which of this chair ruling? was that exactly? Okay, Where were the, you sitting? All right, here's the deal. Yes, I'm speaking metaphorically. Okay, a French oh. appeals court ruled that um, a man who was being treated for Parkinson's disease with a medication called Requip was essentially turned into a gay compuls- sexual compulsive and gambling addict by the drug Requip. Okay? Uh huh. So there's a lot of weird implications here. Are we actually saying that there is a drug in existence that turns people gay? 
I am not saying any of these things. Okay, I, well, I, I'm just putting the I question out I think this out guy there. Is, pu- is saying that. Yes, he is. And so I did some investigation. It or sounds some... like a cover story a bit, don't I you think? Know. It's sort of like the, the six, like this is the, the, the 21st century equivalent of the six beer queer, right? Right, absolutely. I, I think, look, the, the problem that I have with this story is that, um, okay, here's the deal. He started taking the drug in 2003. He um, says that almost right away he began selling his children's toys to support his newfound gambling habit. He began advertising himself for sex. What kind of toys did his kids have? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What could you possibly have to sell that would support a gambling habit? Well, Mr. Bond, (laughs) I brought my spill and and play. He sold his child's uh, Rolls Royce, it says here. Yes. No, everything about this story is so bizarre, and I think it really requires a greater understanding of the French legal system than I possess, although I did try to do a bunch of research. Um, the, the, and I didn't get very far, to be honest. The only thing I know about the French legal system after what I, what I did was I, um, I, uh, found out that it was an entire, whatever, the judge is in charge of everything. It's not like, uh, the U.S. legal system. The Napoleonic. They have Napoleonic code, just like in Louisiana. Yeah, but it's not like, because I know courses, uh, cases Louisiana is much more primitive, I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) Louisiana's all about who you know on the jury, Shaq. for home state, Shaq. Anyway, we trash Louisiana absolutely every time. I love Louisiana. It's the only foreign country in the United States. Okay. So let me, I'll wrap this up so that we have some time to, you know, discuss your little story that you brought in. Oh, that's nice. Here's here's the warning label that has ended up on Requip as a result of this case. Pathological gambling and increased libido and hypersexuality have been reported in patients treated with dopamine medicines because that's what this medicine is. It, it, it you know part of Parkinson's is that your dopamine levels drop and you lose uh, muscle control as a result of that. And so now this warning is on there and it's saying hypersexuality which sort of I guess is this idea that if you are amped up enough sexually you'll sort of I guess go looking for it wherever you can find it but there's not a real answer to the question of whether or not this man truly believes he was turned gay by this drug and if he does believe that and a court believes it I want to know why and I think the real question is where can I get some of this requip <laughs> hypersexuality Yes. That doesn't sound like that bad a thing. And I'm already gay, so there's limited risk to me. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, you know, maybe uh, it's just a case of um, bad marketing. Maybe Mm -hmm. they mismarketed this drug. Right. Maybe so. So you have an interesting story of your own. That well, you even posted a video on our Facebook page. I have a bigger story. Christopher and I... Finally had some time over the uh, Thanksgiving holiday since we did our leftovers special that we could actually like go see movies and read books and watch stuff on television and do things other than this show, which we love doing. But it was nice. And one of the things we did was we finally got to go see Skyfall, which was amazing. It was amazing. It was so great. Javier Bardem is the best Bond villain I think so far. I think so. But you you came up with the reason for why you think he's the best Bond villain, and it has to do with the story. Yeah. I mean, the story is, is very well written, and it's it's personal. He's It is not just, you know, my scheme for world domination, which is kind of camp when you get right down to it. Even if you really do have a scheme for world domination, it's kind of easy to make you look bad. Right. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so I think that that sort of personal element combined with... 
really, I think, brilliant plotting made for a terrific Bond experience, but I'm getting way off yeah, topic. Yeah, I've actually so, forgotten what your story was. <laughs> on the way into the theater from the, uh, the, the valley parking place at the Grove, we were accosted by a series of completely oblivious... Um, cell phone users. And then we got into the theater and I sat down next to a guy who was having a really loud, incredibly personal um, phone conversation in the seat next to me, leaning over the armrest. So he was basically right in front of my face having this... uh, too much and TMI information, if you will. I actually could, I couldn't see him, but I could hear the conversation, and I thought he was talking to somebody next to him. That's how sort of he was literally the alone in the was. theater. It was really, it was re- so. There was this whole series, and it, it it occurs to me not for the first time that I think the new biggest addiction issue in our country is cell phones. I think they are the new heroin. And so we began looking around, or maybe just the new, I don't know, entirely too much to drink. We began looking around um, for statistics on it, and it was kind of amazing. There, the, the number of uh, injuries just from people walking and texting has quadrupled. <laughs> Can I just read one of the headlines on your news packet Please here? Please do. Distracted walking injuries quadruple in last seven years. Right. I, I was driving to uh, Gelson's a couple of uh, months back, and literally between my house and Gelson's, which is less than a mile, five different people just walked in front of my car while texting. Not at crosswalks, just out in the middle of the street, walked right out... I, I think that sounds worse than drunk driving. We posted a video on the uh, <laughs> on the Facebook on page. the Facebook page of uh, that's kind of gone viral. That's of of a woman who's texting at a mall and uh, falls into this fountain. And the thing that's really amazing about that video that I don't know if you know, Christopher, that woman worked at that mall. <laughs> She could never. So it's not like it's not like she was again. oblivious. It wasn't yeah. like she was in some strange environment and accidentally fell into <laughs> this uh, pond while she was texting. It's that she was completely oblivious. She was she was high. If she had been drunk at work and fallen into that fountain, right. we would have had a reaction. And I really think that's something we need to start reacting to. Yeah. Let me I, let me see some of the other statistics that we. <laughs> I have to say, anybody who knows Eric Shawquin knows how passionate he is about this issue. The last two weeks we've done this segment, he's been very slender with his news packets. He's got a mountain of papers on the table right now that he's ruffling through. Right. Eight hundred thousand Americans were texting, making calls, or using a handheld cell phone at any given moment. While driving mm-hmm. um, today, mm-hmm. uh, talking on the cell phone causes nearly 25% of all car accidents. It makes you 18% slower to react to brake lights. I was talking to a woman in the elevator at my building who said she'd been living in Los Angeles for two years and she's been hit five times. By people texting? The texting capital yeah. of the world. Yeah. 21% of fatal car crashes involving teenagers... Um, are as a result of cell phone use. Okay. Like, it's really getting to be... But, again, I think the bigger picture is, you know, which smartphone should I get? (laughs) 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 We've started doing this show, and it's all about texting and social media. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and so I'm feeling a little behind everybody else. So now I've become obsessed with getting a smartphone so that I can crash my own car. Now, I don't drive enough for it to be a real risk to anybody. I drive right. less than 200 miles, uh, 
200 miles a year. I'm being told by our control room that I believe Breck Artery has filed his report. So anyway, so the, <laughs> is the big the question is if you so the, the ones I'm torn between are the iPhone 5 and the the tablet 2. Also, we would like to take this opportunity to welcome our droid listeners. We and, would. We and to got promise our... our Apple listeners that they are working on the hey, app. And listen, guys, if you want to bless us out about the fact that we don't have an Apple app, we suggest that you write Apple because we turned in all of our stuff <laughs> like two weeks ago and they're, they still have not delivered our app. They're just making it sh- making sure it's really, really well designed. And that they can make a profit. I on it. bet so. I bet so. Okay, I'm being told that we have Breck Artery All has, right, has emailed so his report. I'm looking for your posts about what your preferences are in smartphones. Yes, and we now, can't, we can't and overlook. Now to get to lesser news. <laughs> lesser news, we have Breck Artery, and I believe he's actually at the Grand Canyon. Let's see where he is. TDPS News takes you to Breck Artery, live at the edge of the Grand Canyon. This is Breck Artery coming to you live from the Grand Canyon where I'm standing next to a real cliff. As the media and other charlatans, scalawags, and just plain liars in Washington and elsewhere prattle on about some mythical fiscal cliff looming ahead. This just in America, Washington and the media has discovered that our economy is near a cliff. What is surprising is that this collection of ululating buffoons have yet to realize that we're already at the bottom of the cliff scrambling to get back up, if not to the top, at least to that branch where we can get a handhold and begin screaming for help. As Congress searches for the ringing clue phone, we here at TDPS News would like to point out that as a result of the catastrophically bad, selfish, and puerile financial policies of the Bush era, we not only spent a trillion dollars on an unwarranted and unfunded war in Iraq. Any sign of those WMDs yet, guys? We also trolled for votes, campaign contributions, and grubbed for outright graft by giving away nearly $3 trillion in revenue on unfunded tax cuts as we dialed up government spending into the stratosphere and then, through our unwarranted obsession with deregulation and good old-fashioned negligence, crashed the economy altogether to the tune of over $19 trillion in lost real American wealth. Then... Just for fun, once we were over the cliff, these reckless drivers took us full speed into the sheer cliff wall by abdicating their responsibilities once again and refusing to pay our debts by raising the debt ceiling, thus costing us untold hundreds of billions in additional interest rates when our credit score was downgraded. If that doesn't sound like the bottom of a cliff to media insiders and political blowholes, then I suggest you join me here at the Grand Canyon for some perspective or perhaps just a good push from some of your constituents who are dealing daily with the real consequences of your irresponsible lack of governance, childish fabrications about how the economy works, and the cliff you drove us over at full speed more than 10 years ago. Yet, as we draw near the end of these inexcusable policies that have cost this country so much and hurt so many, the hue and cry is not the shouts of joy one might expect as this tragedy of misjudgment and failed policy draws to a close. Instead, there remains a banshee wail of lament for the loss of this idiocy and a return to the revenue-positive policy that can actually begin to raise us up out of this pit we hurled ourselves into so long ago. Perhaps it is worth noting that unlike most who go over the cliff, our plunge was no accident. For years, voters have insisted on being told fairy tales about fiscal reality. 
How else would a shameless huckster and true anarchist, an enemy of the state like Grover Norquist, have any success at all if we didn't want to believe that we don't have to pay for the government and the country we claim to love, while at the same time expressing a desire to drown it in the bathtub, patriot or traitor? Why decide when we can pretend that we are both? Just as we pretend that we don't want to pay for the government that's holding us back by providing us with everything we need to become the wealthiest, most secure, and comfortable people in the history of the world. So, as we look around at this bleak landscape here at the bottom of the fiscal cliff, where we have all already been living since the failed policies of trickle-down economics failed once again, perhaps the question we should be asking ourselves is, who are the idiots here? The lying, dissembling, four-flushing chiselers who got us to the bottom of this cliff in the first place, or the people who keep voting for them? This is Breck Artery saying good night and good dinner. Hey, Twan, Queen of the Stars here with the real dirt on what the constellations are up to and how you can read the signs before they read you. Mm-hmm. Mercury is still retrograde till the 26th, so your Black Friday bargains may all wind up at the return desk. Thanks, Leo. On the bright side, with Venus in Libra, the goddess of love tweaks the note of destiny and love rules the stars. All the zodiacs should look to their most compatible constellations for signs of romance or maybe just a little bit of heaven. A hot trine will be had by all, except for you, Scorpio, because of that bitchy way you acted towards Pisces in the last ascension of Uranus. You could have been all nice, and thank you for being so helpful, and that was so thoughtful of you to remember how much I liked that Pisces. But no, you had to be all... I didn't ask for your help, and what are you getting so upset about? Well, now we'll see who's sorry when a sting is all you have in your tail, this star transit strike. The rest of you should find yourself falling into harmony, or at least into bed, as long as you avoid Scorpio, till that insect can manage to say thank you. And would it kill you to pick up a box of Godivas or maybe some flowers at the Piggly Wiggly the next time you're there, Scorpio? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So this week, love will rule the heavens for most of us. Till next time, this is Twan reminding you to watch out for the stars. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for The Soup, brought to you by your perpetually victimized gay brother. I will have you know that I am writing a play about all of you. The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. <sighs> and now, for a taste of exciting new culinary happenings here in the City of Angels, please welcome The Dinner Party Show's very own critic-at-large, Jordan Ampersand, fresh from his disastrous appearance on our first show. Stop using big words. Like what? Show? No, disastrous. Word of advice, Jordan. You're more likely to survive this segment if you wait until it's your turn to talk. Okay. 
It's your turn now, Jordan. Okay. Hi, everyone at the Dinner Party Show. My name's Jordan Ampersand, and I am a former hairstylist assistant, reality show contestant, underwear model, and critically acclaimed waiter who has absolutely not ever done- all of that the first time you were here. There's no need to do it again. But I need to remind your listeners who I am in case they forgot. Oh, don't worry. I'll do that for you. Good evening, listeners. Jordan Ampersand is a shallow moron. What did I tell you about big words? Can I do my review now, or are you just going to keep talking? By all means. Okay, so dinner on Saturday was very stressful. For one, I had six friends with me. My best Mm. friend, Fitzpatrick, who is currently director of interior atmospheres at the Ross store, Van Nuys location. (laughs) Some guy named Thor, who wasn't the real Thor, but said he was when Fitzpatrick met him in the men's room at the Beverly Center. And maybe he was just wearing a Thor helmet. I can't remember. I get confused. Okay, anyway, my other friends were also there, and it was so much stress because there were six of us, and they couldn't get us a table. And Pony Ben kept asking for waffle-flavored Stoli, and they're all like, we don't have waffle-flavored Stoli. This is not actual a restaurant review, Jordan, just in case anyone's wondering. Uh, wait, Pony Boy? Is that a real person or a song lyric? It's Pony Ben, and obviously that's not his real name. Yeah, I, I figured. It's the name he uses for his art. Oh, wonderful. He makes art? Um, hi, Pony Ben is like a seriously important video artist on YouTube. And yet I'm drawing a blank. He takes scenes from like totally classic movies like Better Off Dead and The Adventures of Milo and Otis, and he dubs all the dialogue with the words vagina and tranny. He's a genius. He's done like 600 YouTubes. (sighs) Maybe we could discuss your brilliant friends a bit later and move on to the restaurant review. Uh, Where do I start? How about with the name of the restaurant? That's the whole part of the story if you would just let me get there for one second. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, so the restaurant was called La Squala. The what? You know, like the little things in the park you're not supposed to feed your nuts to. (laughs) Taking some time off from sharing your nuts in the park, are you, Jordan? Gross! Oh my God, why are you so mean to me? Squirrels? Is that what you're talking about? The restaurant is called La Squirrel? Yes, thank you. The restaurant was called La Squirrel, and it was all outside, like with trees and stuff, because the whole thing was that a squirrel was supposed to bring you your food. And it did, like in the beginning. Like it brought us napkins and berries and stuff, and somebody's sock, which was really weird. But Mm. anyway, the thing was it wouldn't bring us our bread, and I was like, Squat, you need to bring our bread. But it's an animal, so it's not like going to talk back to me because everybody knows animals mm. can't talk unless they're cartoons. Yes, they also don't bring people food either. Well, he wasn't bringing our food. That's kind of the point. I see. So anyway, I like totally yelled at the squad, and it just ran off into the bushes. And my friends mm. were like not being supportive and laughing at me and stuff. So I left, and I'm currently on Craigslist getting new friends. Except for Fitzpatrick, because we made a promise that if we turned 40, and we're both still single, we're both going to do lots of ecstasy. Which will be different how. Is it all right for me to ask a question now? I guess. Are you sure the restaurant wasn't called Le Squab? Because that actually means baby pigeon. There's no bee and squirrel? No, there isn't. So you think my friends were lying to me? It's possible. So you think a stupid bird was supposed to bring us our food? And I'm sorry to say that's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks so much for being here. No, I'm supposed to do the end part. It's my segment. Okay, my name's Jordan Ampersand, and this is my restaurant review. Watch out for me. I'm going to be famous. Good night, Jordan. May flights of squawas bring you to your rest. What? Get out. 
You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Derek Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show. The waiter, there's a guest in the soup. Now you can talk. Now I can talk. Oh, my God, I tried to talk too soon. Tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show has been brought to you by Technical Difficulties. <laughs> but, Eric... We wish they paid better. Eric, I want you to try to work more with Jordan Ampersand. He works very hard on his reviews and his trips around town, and he is a bright young presence in the West Hollywood cultural community. And I think if you just gave him more of a shot without accusing him of being a superficial moron, that, you know... Well, I have a large vat of solvent out back, so we'll soak him in that, and then he'll become more malleable. Easier for me to work with later on. I give up. Tony Sweet is in the Dinner Party Show studio. Welcome, Tony. Thank you so much. This this studio is here largely because of you. Oh, You were our inspiration to do this. I was a guest on your show. I think it was called On Air with Tony Sweet back then as well. Yeah, still is. I never changed it because I was too lazy to change it. (laughs) <laughs> right, you don't want to change the branding. You were at one of the first companies that I knew of that was doing LA streaming internet radio, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I drove over to be a guest on your show, and I was amazed at the leanness of the operation. <laughs> not, not, to, not the cheapness, but it was what right. it was all top flight equipment, but it was the digital age, right? Right. So right. it was all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, c- compared to terrestrial radio, right. and satellite radio, with those most, giant yeah, towers yeah. and all the other configurations and generators. It's amazing, and yeah. and that's what's funny, you know. That's what made me wanted to get into this business even more because seeing where where it's going. Because, you know, I was kind of not one of the first to start it, but in the beginning stages of getting bigger named people on their shows uh, for Internet radio. Yeah. Yeah. Such as you. Uh, well, well, thank you. And then my mother was a guest on your show yes, as well. Yes, mm-hmm. um, The I was listening to the radio station that I wake up to in the morning, which is, I'm sorry to say, a terrestrial radio station. It's and they were right. doing a, right. a pledge drive. It's okay to listen Had to, to start somewhere. Radio. <laughs> you have to, right? We love terrestrial radio. They like built this market for us. Thanks so they much. They sure did. But what they said as part of their fundraising effort was that the transceiver, I believe that's the right term, mm-hmm. cost mm-hmm. them $10,000 a month. It's expensive. It's very Transceiver. expensive. Transceiver? I guess what that's... What does that even I mean? I guess that's what sends your signal out. So did they have to like get... A, what is, what's the thing from uh, from Back to the Future? A flux capacitor. Yeah, they had the, that's what cost the $10,000. They had to get the, the uranium from the right. from whatever those people, those crazy people are who show up at the mall, the J.C. Penney's terrorists. I hope my jazz station isn't using uranium. That would make me very uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. Because we're very picky about yeah. where no, we get No, it would explain why they're playing the same power song over and over again, because they're slowly being poisoned with uranium. <laughs> Did we just play that song? I, don't I, don't know. I think the transceivers <laughs> are like out on a hillside somewhere, aren't they? That's always the way it is in the movie, where the, the guy takes the hostage at the, at the place with the antenna that's out on a hill somewhere above do, the Hollywood Reservoir. We have a place somewhere here in California called Signal Hill, which I, I don't know where it is, but I think there's some oil derricks yeah, there, know. and maybe that's where all the signals go. To oh, be signals. I didn't I even know there was a signal. Know, I, at some point, works. we should probably talk about Tony again. Oh. But um, <laughs> when's he getting here? I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> we were joking. Well, you're up to something new, right? Yes. Yeah. I recently uh, left uh, my my and my invention of global voice broadcasting uh, about a month ago. Uh, I sold my half to my former business partner, and I have uh, picked up a few more business partners, and uh, we're opening a new station called Universal Broadcasting Network, or UBN Radio. 
And it's going to be great. Oh, it's very exciting. Where is this going to be? We are going to be located, we just found out last week, at uh, uh, Gower Studios in Hollywood. Oh, how exciting. You know, where Dexter is filmed and all these other... I think Six Feet Under was filmed there. So you want a good lock on the door. Oh, yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least you don't want to do anything to piss Dexter off. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's, it's... I'm so excited, and the people that are involved with it, with you know, with me, I are amazing. They believe in me 200, percent and mm. and uh, now I can kind of take the reins and just make it what my envision was before in, in the first place. So yeah, right. so right. it's going to be like your own station again. You're just uh, yeah. with other people as well as you, and yeah. you're going to continue to do the same show, or I will actually. I'm I'm going to do honor with Tony Sweet. Still the entertainment. Good. Um, but I'm actually going to maybe doing two other shows, like I have nothing else to do. Right. Uh, one's called the Roundtable Hour, and mm-hmm. it's going to be, uh, it's going to be the combination of political and just kind of debating, of just being like two people on your side being from the conservative, two p- people on my oh side my. being oh, wow. uh, liberal, and just going at it, just. You know, very, the, the round table very hour. daring of you. Yes. Wow. Like, it's, you know, now that the elections are over, but, it, you know, it really <laughs> <It's> <laughs> nothing a lot else to talk about. Right. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's just there's so many people out there that never, never get a chance to say what they want to say, but they have an opinion. They just don't have the opportunity to do it. So, okay. We so want you're to, giving we, people to get a chance to get heard, then. get heard. Not just the usual no. windbags, but new ones. New ones. <laughs> and, and, but we, I want to make sure everybody has uh their their story to be told because you know i, I grew up in kansas mm-hmm. and you know very conservative bible belt and you know during the elections whew, we were really going at it right. back and forth but at the end of the day we could say we agree that we disagree and right. still walk away as friends where right. some people would just de- delete their friends or unfriend people on right. facebook it's like that's what not that's not what it's supposed to be like right absolutely yeah, no, for, let me just explain for that. people at home who may not completely understand that your station works much like our website and that it is a streaming right. internet radio station mm-hmm. and that people can log on to the site and they will have Unlike with our site, where they only have one show to choose from, with your site they'll oh, have yeah. a buffet of shows to choose from. But it's a really great from. show. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's an it's an amazing <laughs> show, which is why we replay it constantly it on our the player. Whole yes. site. <laughs> Absolutely, it needs its own site. But um, the thing that's so appealing about all of this, I think, too, and it was part of the experience of going to be a guest on your show was for the first time there were people listening in Africa, right. there were people listening in France, Everywhere. and they hate me in France. <laughs> really? You know that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the French just don't get me. Okay, I'm, I'm a little too American, but you know it's, it, it is this incredible with the reduction in equipment and the reduction in yes. costs. You are the trade-off is this incredible reach, it's the global growth, exactly. reach, the yeah. continuing rise of the Instantly. power of content. I just really the thing that I love best about what's happening technologically is that content is becoming more and more the dictator, mm-hmm. as opposed to the content providers who are exactly. still important, but they are not. In the same kind of stranglehold position that they have been yeah. with us, with us content producers. <laughs> well, what's funny is I, I went to a, a conference here in LA uh, in October, and it was all like some of the top radio, terrestrial radio uh, DJs and, and hosts all over the country. Uh, uh, what's these man cow and all these people over there? I mean, they're huge people, uh-huh. and that was the biggest thing. They were talking about terrestrial versus internet, and they said. We are becoming the dinosaurs. You guys that are going into this industry, you know, podcast or, you know, live stream internet radio, you are the new 
new or our future. Uh, we are uh, you're you're like the transistor radio was back in the seventies when they said, oh, it'll never happen, and it <laughs> just you know, and look where it progressed to you know after that. But that was the, another big thing they said was content. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's not enough content anymore. It's all about. If you noticed, a lot of it's an, uh, automation with with the terrestrial radios. They just right. music, music, the same music over, 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 and commercials, and commercials. And so they said it's there's not enough content. That's why the numbers have dropped so much in terrestrial radio, and people are switching mm-hmm. to internet radio because of that. Is because there's not enough good content, and also people want to be able to carry the content with them. I think it's why exactly. people are so honest about wanting the app for the iPhone, which exactly. we still don't have. Yeah. I'm sorry to say, but we're they, working on it. They want they want the portability of content as well. It's it's not, you know, I'm one of those TV viewers. I'm reaching a place where I don't want to wait for it to ABC to decide when it's on. I want to uh-huh. go into a database of available programming. I want to be able to search according to algorithms and search terms, uh-huh. and 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 build my own playlist. So, you know, I, th- I think it's it's an exciting confluence of events. Well, I'm being told by the kitchen that I think we have <laughs> some um, some dishes prepared. <laughs> but, Tony, you're going to stay with us. Well, right? I'm not going anywhere. Absolutely. For the next segment, we're going to be bringing on Alec Mappa. We heard you two <laughs> laughing out in the lobby oh, earlier. Sorry. We assumed <laughs> that it was at each was other since you're me. both so oh, funny. Sorry, oh, okay. Well, as long as you're having a good time, we were, that's no. all we care about. It's absolutely. Good, it makes for a good dinner party if the guests are enjoying themselves. It. Absolutely. <laughs> and because we have a lot of literary listeners out here, we have a, a, we're back with another installment in our special series of audiobook bestsellers. Ooh, Ooh, excellent. Nice. Kiss My Moon, now open in Palm Springs. It's the only restaurant where the best of gay culture meets meat and potatoes. We've just repaired our wall of 1984 Panasonic television so they can go back to showing a nonstop loop of Donna Summer's video for I Feel Love. And our bathrooms are wallpapered entirely in Liza's old pantyhose. There's nothing in the entire restaurant that isn't turquoise or gold. And if your waiter looks familiar, that's because he did porn in 1992. And once you've finished your meal, step over to our Fabergé room, where you're sure to catch part of Leslie Jordan's 36-hour one-man show. And if his blood sugar gets low, don't worry. We'll just wheel in Alec Mappa so he can talk some more about that child of his. Kiss my moon! Now with locations in Provincetown, Cherry Grove, Rehoboth Beach, Laguna Beach, New Orleans, and San Francisco. But not New York and West Hollywood, because those queens charge too much for rent. On Mondays, it's half off for anyone in a Hawaiian shirt. And on Tuesdays, houseboys drink free. Keeping with the Dinner Party Show's commitment to celebrating literacy and the written word, we bring you an exclusive excerpt from one of this week's best-selling audiobook titles, The Chinaman Conspiracy, by New York Times best-selling novelist and recently declassified former head of the custodial staff for the Central Intelligence Agency, Robert Neville Worthington. Chapter 1, East of Langley, Virginia. 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
Chase Fox Hunt III powered the Mojave Brown 2011 Porsche Panamera with 4.8 liter displacement and 550 horsepower and a compression ratio of 10.5 to 1 down the leafy dark highway just east of Langley, Virginia, which is where the CIA is. It had been just 48 hours since he had received the mysterious email on his Dell Precision M6500 laptop computer with an Intel Core i7 processor and a matte LCD display with LED backlight voted four and a half out of five stars by PC World magazine. The email was blunt and to the point. The Chinamen are at it again, it read in the sans-serif 16-point font to which he had adjusted his email text preferences. Surely the author of the email, who was identified only as Red Herring, knew that Chase Fox Hunt had just the previous year rescued the faces and fingers of countless congressional representatives from a series of Al-Qaeda-rigged juicers which had been placed by terrorist moles in break rooms throughout the Capitol. The mysterious sender of the mysterious email had asked Chase to meet him at an isolated location on an isolated road. No other information was provided. So now Chase was free to look in the rearview mirror and admire his absolutely not-gay-looking Hugo Boss suit, which was from the Boss Selection tailored line, crafted using classic full-canvas techniques and loose interlinings of exquisite camel and horsehair. But before his strange meeting with the strange sender of the strange email, Chase needed a good drink. And that's why he pulled over at an Exxon where he hoped to find a tab, first introduced as a diet drink in 1963 and now largely discontinued but available in some gas stations and grocery stores in 12-ounce cans that are sold in either 12-packs or 6-packs. While tab sales have been dwarfed by those of Diet Coke, almost 3 million cases a year are still produced. If the Chinamen, whoever they were, were truly at it again, Chase Hunt needed to enjoy a classic diet drink before rising to defeat their Chinaness. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for The Dish, brought to you by your mother, Mistress of Guilt. That's okay. Go ahead and step on my foot. Why would I need to walk anywhere? I haven't been anyplace nice in years. The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. It's time once again for The Dinner Party Show's homemade relationship advice with Jonelle Sams. Hey, this is Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have a relationship question, you can send it to me, Care of the Dinner Party's Facebook fan page, 
or at Jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. This week's question comes to us from a young woman who is a community theater enthusiast. Myself, I don't much get theater. I figure, why would I want to see people make fools of themselves in person when I can do it just as easy on the TV or at the picture show? But my husband of 22 blissful years, Merle, is crazy about theater. Why, between the patchwork players, that's the name of our local acting group, and his annual Broadway junkets to New York with his best friend, Olsen Lee Pugh, I am lucky to see Merle at all during theater season. Merle loves attending Broadway shows almost as much as his acting, but he and Olsen take turns directing each other. You wouldn't think it to look at him, but my Merle is versatile. Everyone says so. But today, our theater lover correspondent has some bad reviews to share. She writes, Dear Joe Nell, I'm a successful bookkeeper at the local Piggly Wiggly here. I've worked hard and risen in the ranks from bagger to checker and with night classes at the local community college to assistant bookkeeper. Good for you, girl. But my relentless pursuit of career has come at a price. I'm nearly 30 years old and I am still single. Mmm, that is terrible news. A woman is a lot like the inventory at the Piggly Wiggly. Not much good after the sell-by date. And nearly 30, I worry that hers is coming up fast on the horizon. Anyway, she goes on. I knew if I was going to get past the dreaded stigma of being single after my 30th birthday, I needed to get back into life and meet some eligible men. I turned to a long-lost love, theater house managing. I had served as house manager at my high school. My concession sales set a record that they are still talking about, and there is nothing as satisfying to me as seeing everyone seated when the lights go down. My local community theater was delighted to have someone with my nearly professional experience in such a key role. I quickly found myself cast in show after show. There, I came in contact with a host of single men. Successful, talented, good-looking, I found more prospects than I could have hoped. Then he came along. He was and is the most wonderful man I have ever seen, Jonelle. He is often the star of our little productions, though he shines just as bright in more minor roles when they come his way. He runs his own business, an antiques and art gallery, that is as successful as it is highly regarded in our community. He's a friend to most everyone and throws the most wonderful parties. He's in his mid-thirties, but still in such great shape you'd hardly know it. And best of all, he's single and still living with his roommate since college. But Jonelle, nothing I can do will catch this man's attention. I have tried and tried. He's accepted countless invitations. We have seen practically every movie that's come to the Cinema 8 out at the mall since we first met. We're both big Paul Walker fans, and we have seen Fast Five at least five times, first in the theater and now on DVD. We both love the theater as well as dance and the visual arts. Besides our clogging classes where no one can keep up with us, we are co-teaching a decoupage seminar at the Community College Extension at the Strip Center on Route 5. He's even been in my home countless times for every little reason under the sun. But, Jonelle, I fear the worst has already come. I am too old. He cannot see me as a romantic interest despite how much we have in common. My 30th is coming up, and though he tells me he's planning something special, I know it's just another big party and a chance for him to show off his cake decorating skills. Jonelle, what can I do? Signed, Theater Lover. Oh, dear lover. Don't take it personally. He's just a big thespian. 
Your mistake is trying to compete with a man's first love. Why, when I first met Merle, he still had stars in his eyes and could not remember my right name for the first few years I knew him. He still calls me Janet occasionally, I think just as a little joke between us. But in the end, it was the ticking of his own clock that woke him up. And when he opened his eyes, there I was, bending over, picking up a case of mason jars at the hardware store. He said, do you have any decorative hardware? And the rest is true value history. So, lover, the time has come to wipe the stars from your eyes. The man you're after seems to be enjoying his life. Why would he want to change it? Find a man with fewer interests, someone as miserable and desperate as yourself. Most of all, someone who needs you more than you need him. Why, if I hadn't known how to work a power sander and had experienced wallpapering, I don't know where Merle and I would be today. Our kitchen certainly wouldn't be nearly as nice. So, for all you girls out there approaching your expiration date, remember, it's easier to like something you find on the clearance rack if you quit comparing it to the fancy items in the show window out front. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have relationship questions, write to Jonelle Care of The Dinner Party Show Facebook page or to Jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Break a leg. What better way to meet a doctor? And we've just accomplished the most difficult thing in the world. We got this room full of people to be quiet. This for five room seconds. is about to explode. <laughs> Alec Mappa is in the studio. It's Hi, like a everybody. theater bus full of gay musical theater students <laughs> oh, ran into a clown truck. <laughs> the whole show happened while the sketches oh, were playing. Oh my god. Like, Hello everybody. Welcome here. to Mary Fuck Kill. <laughs> <laughs> Alec Mappa is already hijacking our show. We don't know what to do about well, it. Well, Christ, here. I've been sitting in the waiting room. For an hour. Rehearsing your ad There was a bottle of champagne in there, so I'm already drunk and belligerent. That <laughs> was the idea. The oh. idea of get him here two yeah. hours early, yeah, right. and then he'll do his special musical performance. Oh my God, really? I can't Yay. wait. I can't Absolutely. wait. But not, but we're, we're saving we're that not. for the we're dessert. We're saving that for the show. I can't upstage the last <laughs> musical performance that just took place on this that show. That was, I believe, Miss Lauren Bacall, Lauren Bacall from Applause, Absolutely. right? Doing her best impersonation of me in the show. <laughs> Me and the author. <laughs> Isn't that great hearing Lord McCall sing? It's like she can't hit a note with a Welcome gun. Welcome to the <laughs> I'm one of the girls who's one of the guys. Oh. Okay, so this is the dish. This is the part where we gossip. So we figure oh, I'm not what really dirt gossip, do you guys have? I really have nothing to contribute to the oh, no. not, yeah. not Alec. Not, no. Never has a harsh word to say about what? anyone. For who's first? Who are we talking about? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. First, I'm making a really special announcement. This is what happens when four divas get in one room. And uh, one diva gets yeah. stepped on. I have it's been, my turn, you guys. Everybody stop talking everybody on the count of three. And stop looking at me like that. <laughs> Look appreciative that I'm here. Um, my book, I people have been asking me relentlessly on Facebook and Twitter when my next book is have coming they really? out. Yes, they no, they seriously <laughs> totally like have. <laughs> they have, girl. Right. Okay. Girl. Okay. Let's right. let's look at some of in, those. In requests. my version of events, they are okay. every decade. six months or so. Somebody <laughs> asks me. They're just. They won't leave him alone. <laughs> they won't leave me alone. And I'm very pleased to announce that the book will not be out for another year. 
What's this one about? The release date for The Heaven's Rise, which is Dumb my it. first. We Drum roll. Everybody. Yeah, we don't. We don't have a special effect. So. We're having computer problems, so we were going to do a fanfare and a screaming cat at that moment. <laughs> Excellent oh, work. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent Years of experience. Work. Don't try this at home. Oct- I've just stepped on his hands. <laughs> October 2013 is wow. the release date for The Heaven's Rise. However, and just it's a very Halloween. Ve- yes, and it is a privilege for me to be a fall book. I have never been a fall book before. What does that mean is in that the publishing world? Yeah. The most um, competitive books are published in the fall. It is the most competitive book oh. season. It's like back to school for it's like really a, smart a, a people. A summer release <laughs> or a Christmas movie. Right, exactly. So right. you'll be the Les Mis is it, is of, of fiction next Here, fall. It is a prestige kind of thing. Yeah, so I like how you said they're really smart people. Well, My congratulations. pamphlet comes out in January. Yeah, yeah fancy. Really terrific. Okay, everybody's talking at once. What? Everybody has to say something uh, nice about Christopher's book release so that we can move on to other <laughs> stuff. That's fabulous. Oh, wow, that was really heartfelt. <laughs> My announcement is not yet complete. I would like to announce... Oh, there's more. There's more. There's oh my more. God. I would but like first. to read pages 60 through 100. <laughs> and Alec is doing creative movement for our video archive. Yes. Uh, yes. post I'm later good. if we ever figure out how. No, the uh, an e-book will be published before that gives you a glimpse of the supernatural universe that these characters operate in. And the e-book will be substantial. It won't just be a teaser. And it will be published several months ahead of that date. Oh. And I'm done. That's my announcement. I don't, I don't believe in e-books. You don't believe I in e I don't believe in e-books. I think, I think they're the beginning of the end. I think it's... The end of what, darling? The fall of, of civilization as we know it. <laughs> you, know, you know this whole yes. show is based on selling e-books. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about your last book, which I just finished reading. <laughs> on clay tablets. I did actually... Brought over to his house on a flint, on an Yeah, it was a Flintstones card. book. There was a pterodactyl who pecked it out for me. It was and went, ah, it's a living... You had Zion do creative movement of each chapter. My son. Zion, yeah. Signed for me, and I'm not even deaf. No, um, <laughs> I liked your book. Thank you. This was I, the Moonlit Earth. Yes, well, that's a relief. A... I was really worried what he was going to say. It he said was he died horrible. horrible. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, Although yeah. I did have some uh, quibbles. What oh, were yeah. your the entire The entire thing takes place in Asia, not one <laughs> Asian character. <laughs> no, you're not the first person to say that. Not one. Wait a minute. <laughs> it was like, you know, it's like Star Wars. They're all dressed up in kabuki outfits. <laughs> They all have Japanese names, and it's full of white people. Like, is there some alternate universe where there are Vikings dressed up as Asian people? It's like, or Asians dressed up like Vikings or Nordic people with pigtails. It was like, we're in Hong Kong. One. Just I one. Know, I know. They were, they're almost like goddamn bones. But none of them are locals, and they're all in Hong Kong for touristy reasons. See, and I they're get running this bullshit through Hong every Kong. year from the network. And, and See, Hong Kong Fui pilots, was originally yeah, in the book, but yeah. he was cut. <laughs> one of the later editions. Did you say that Hong Kong Fui? Hong Kong Fui was in the original version, but he that. got cut. For, yeah. yeah, they were trying to change something. For the available. young people listening, Hong Kong Fui was a cartoon character in the 70s, voiced by Scatman Crothers. Really? Yes, he was a karate-chopping dog. Remember <laughs> Scatman Crothers who played the, the yeah, innkeeper in The Shining? Yeah, yeah axe to like, the head, Scatman yeah, Crothers. Was Spoiler a, alert. Yeah, he was, a, he was a voice of uh, a, a dog that knew martial arts. Tony Sweet, feel free to chime in at any time. Good luck, Tony. I don't remember that. I think you have to hit somebody in the head. Maybe we're the same age, Tony. Younger. I don't think I've ever seen it. I just remember the name because it was so... And I'm certainly old enough to have seen it. I'm not pretending that. But but I don't think I ever watched it. I've heard tale about it. Shazam was probably on the competing time. I I wasn't switching over. Or Tennessee Tuxedo. 
<laughs> tennis <laughs> tuxedo. Tennis? Was, was he a penguin? Hee-haw? Yeah. He was like a superhero penguin, or he was a detective, and he talked like Maxwell Smart, didn't he? <laughs> Oh, I don't remember that. Do I don't know Maxwell what's happening. Smart? Is this still a show that I'm on? <laughs> you were supposed to be gossiping. Right. You got everybody all distracted you know. with that whole... Oh, what's, what's the gossip? What's the gossip? No, no, what's this the gossip? is the best part. Is I, t- I called Eric this afternoon, and I said, well, we're going to have them both in at the same time. I'm gonna, I'm, I put together some <sighs> gossip items in case we run out of things to say. And all he's right. like, run out of things to say <laughs> with those two. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, yeah. we don't need to talk about it. Celebrities did stupid bullshit this week. We're a lot more interesting. Do you guys have any good dirt? Anything else you wanted well, to I, say about I, Christopher's I, book? The Hong Kong Fui reference uh, was Hon- actually <laughs> discussing Christopher's book. Christopher Rice's book, Hong Kong Fui, right. was a real uh, page chitter. <laughs> that would have been a cooler title, actually. <laughs> actually, we are going to take a short break so that I can breathe again. <laughs> we we are introducing that. a very special segment here on the Dinner Party Show. It's called Pedestrian of the Week. Oh, you're oh, here for Pedestrian right. of the Week. Periodically, we at the Dinner Party Show like to take a moment to recognize the pedestrian who best exemplifies the struggle between man, car, and the sense of entitlement that makes the contest interesting. This week's Dinner Party Show Pedestrian of the Week is the drag queen in the electric wheelchair who drove into the crosswalk against the light and into oncoming traffic based not on the light but on the timing for her best dramatic exit after delivering her touch pearls parting words at the Starbucks on the corner of Santa Monica and Robertson. No one hit her, but it was far from certain. Either way, with the car horns, screams, and the shower of expletives, it made for an unforgettable exit. Our tiaras are off to you, Wheelerella. We are glad that for the moment, the title of the Dinner Party Show's Pedestrian of the Week isn't being awarded posthumously. Oh, oh my. <laughs> that didn't go well for that pedestrian. Oh, week. Well, oh yes, well. Absolutely. Thanks for accident. playing. Do you know Thanks. we're less than a mile from where Halle Berry um, hit and run? I, that pedestrian. Really? I used to live right around the corner. She hit a pedestrian? On yeah. Doheny and Sunset and there was then a, went an home. Say, right? she because leave? she had an appointment. And then found out that she had hit somebody on the news. No, get out of your life. She yeah. hit somebody on Sunset in Doheny and then just drove home. And, well, she and think they were homeless and never, I, nobody would know? I don't know. It was probably somebody she dated before and she didn't want to talk to him or have him drop by for Thanksgiving. I yeah, understand I that's how you. she handles guest arrivals. Oh, my, God. my point is be very careful while walking through uh, the Sunset Doheny. Be very area. careful of Halle Berry. Of Halle Berry. Yeah. I wonder if she still around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, you know, I used to live right around the corner from that uh, liquor store and I. I have no, that's it. That's the story. I used to live around the corner oh, from that liquor store. Wow. I know, I know. Is this going to be in your new book? Yeah. It's going to be in my new book, Around the Corner with Christopher Rice. What have I lived within reach of? Dame, Lori, Gil Turner's, Halle Berry. Were you, on a, uh, were you on a first name basis with the people behind the counter? Were you like, I was, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. For a while there, I was. Every Survivor night. When a Survivor came on, I always got a nice bottle of wine. Oh, nice. Yeah. By yourself? Well, you know, and when you stop drinking wine, during Survivor, it is not as good a show. I'll well, it's a different much. experience. I haven't watched it in years. I have not either. I'm ashamed to say I was I was in there for about six seasons, and then wow, they did the All Stars edition. And you know how they do the 
shows. We said we weren't going to talk about reality shows, but here we are. I didn't say um, that. We said we were. If we talked about, we were not going to talk about judges. We I want to talk, talk about the talent. I don't yeah. want to talk about the judges. I don't care what Britney thinks. Like, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. Let her do her have her own career. Exactly. I want oh. them to have talent that's worth talking about. Absolutely. Anyway, okay. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> them. I have very strong <laughs> opinions about. Okay. Here's How my do deal. you really feel? Here's 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 my deal. Okay. The survivors. I did this for. I did it for six seasons, and then they did an all stars edition. Uh-huh. Now, now the whole convention of this show is that they're absolutely awful to one another, yes. and then they come back for the reunion, and everything's cool, right? right? right. All stars edition. They came back for the reunion, and they were scarred. They were still messed up. They still hated each other. Somebody burst into tears and stormed off the stage during the live show. It's like and Thanksgiving I said, with these my dad. <laughs> these are real people. These are real people, really? and they're fucked up. Really? Like they're fu- it didn't have the fluidity of something that was staged or directed. Right. It had to do with we're messed up and the checks for all those appearances we did have run out and we're really angry and we're in pain. People are kind of encouraged on those shows to oh like God, yeah. just yeah. be horrible. Yeah, totally. That's why I was I was always awful on reality shows. I did a couple of pilots and everything and, and the producers would purposely like during your interviews or confessionals say, do you know what so-and-so said about you this mm-hmm. morning and how do you feel about that? And and I did this uh, pilot for VH1. It was like uh, uh, Celebracadabra. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Great dancing name. with the stars, but with magicians. They just came so up with the name and thought, we let's make all, a show. We were all paired That's up with a, 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 a magician, and then we had to like learn <laughs> make magic. Make them disappear. Right, right. No, we had to learn magic tricks and stuff and perform in this magic show. And so during <laughs> during great. so during the filming of it, they were like, so-and-so said this about you this morning. And I'd, I'd literally be like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> this isn't plasma for sick children. This is magic tricks. <laughs> This isn't a food drop over Bangladesh. Who gives a shit? Well, and that show never made it to the air. Yes, but there were people who I who I was with on that show that I still keep in touch with to this day. I had I have to say Alec Mappa doesn't give a shit was a huge ratings hit on yes. Bravo. Yes. Coming season. up next. <laughs> Something else Alec doesn't give a care shit. about. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, you are going to talk about your new show later yes. in the broadcast, Ooh. but not now. Not now. Later. Not how much more of this broadcast that. do we have? Yeah, we here for like three more hours. I hope it never ends. I hope we're like one of those planes that's stuck on the tarmac where we have to shit in the studio because we're not allowed out of this room. Have died and gone to radio heaven. Perfect. You have, you have, you have. Found you at just the right spot. Absolutely. The sweet spot itself. Well, thank you very much. Why wasn't your show called The Sweet Spot? I would have changed it, but I don't want to change well, it. Well, you have your own network now. You can have a show called that. that, too. That could be dirty. Right? It could be your your late night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tony Sweet late night. The, the sweet, spot. sweet spot. Booty call with Tony Sweet. <laughs> I got enough booty, too. You know, I remember when we were just going to do a wholesome show. You know, we were going to just talk <laughs> that about that. Why that? did you invite we were me? About the I don't remember that. that. Weren't we, we supposed to gossip? No Wasn't there stuff that you yeah. showed us Yeah, we, we, have, we have time, I think, to talk about one of those items. We already trashed. Halle Berry, so let's let's right. uh, let's leave that. So a lot of people are up in arms over the fact that NBC is doing a remake of The Sound of Music. I think it's a great idea. And I they have cast um, Amy Winehouse, and she's dead. <laughs> so it's very controversial. Their casting department has all been fired. Uh, and and the Winehouse estate is furious. No, they've cast Carrie Underwood. Mm-hmm. And the room goes quiet. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I love Carrie Underwood. Though. I don't know. 
Okay, here's, here's what they're doing. Sorry, I just have to make up for lost time with the pissed off cat sounds because the computer was down. Because we have Alec, want to do your fanfare? You they should, job. it should oh, be. Oh, and by the way, my book comes out October 2013. <laughs> 2013. It's like I've just won what's behind door number three. That's a terrific crowd. <laughs> right? So, uh, Carrie Underwood in Sound of Music. Yeah. I think it should take place in Tennessee at the Grand Ole Opry. That. Yeah. And that white Opry. supremacists are trying to like Opry. like take over the place. Trying. And, and Oprah and, saves yeah, yeah, the Grand Ole yeah, Opry. Right, exactly. And there's the, the Von Trash kids where like these right. white trash kids all yes. living in a trailer. I love it. I think it's a brilliant idea. I think they should just do it like they did the Still Magnolia. Just do it all a black cast. <laughs> I think oh. that's genius. Absolutely. Well, this is the, the all white trash version <laughs> yeah. of yeah. I'm doing the all should We should reverse the dynamic it should be wise black people rescuing white trash children there we go it's absolutely one of those things that it's a terrible idea the help help yeah it's a terrible idea from the start it's like the whole kind of lindsay lohan as oh elizabeth taylor thing like the wow, minute it was announced went, oh, it's like we were all so shocked that it was awful no we knew it was going to be yeah. awful from I think the you start. Played. we weren't shocked we were sharpening our tweets from the moment oh, we heard about God. it me I, included i made one of the uh, top 20 I, tweets I on did huffington too, girl. post what, did what you was yours I didn't make Huffington Post. What did you say? I have to go after Kirk Cameron to make Huffington Post. Uh, (laughs) What did you say? I said I've had Indian farts that didn't stink this bad. Wow. (laughs) Indian food farts. Yeah, I've had Indian food farts. I think you would have done a better Elizabeth than uh, she would have. Do it. Hit it. We're going to do it later. (laughs) That's the the special. These have always brought me luck. (laughs) Fun Ryan. (laughs) Now, is that Elizabeth or is that a Lindsay-ism? I don't know. I don't know. Lindsay, did you, like, the the last scene where she's, like, Elizabeth Taylor. I didn't watch it. In her 50s. She has, like, the white diamonds wig on and the puffy (laughs) 80s sleeves. And she's literally, like, trick-or-treating as Elizabeth Taylor. Like, she's dressed up and made up as her but doesn't sound anything like her or anything. Can I ask a question? Like, what's the deal with her? Like, why would anybody cast her to do anything? Has she done something amazing that I just have never seen? Like, I just, if she disappeared tomorrow, would we really be out anything? No. Hmm. Parent trap. Like, Parent trap. She was great in Parent But trap. so was Haley Mills. You know what I mean? And we're not talking about, like, an Haley Mills. Like, I just... I always feel like, what does she bring to the table that makes people want to keep coming back to no this idea. bad news buffet? You know, like <laughs> because it's a bad news buffet. I guess. I guess. I feel like I'm always the one that spirals unexpectedly into inappropriate seriousness here, but I feel like we may all be killing her, like by by chiming in and watching her go downhill, like all the clicks and all the sort of attention that she's getting. It may be killing her. I'm just worried, you know. Like I, every time I, I tweet about her, which is maybe twice in the last few months. Twice <laughs> the last. I wonder, am I aiding in the destruction of this woman? And is it like a self-destruction industry that she is part of? Well, right? you have to like kind of like take into account personal responsibility. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And when you're kind of alerting the paparazzi that you're gonna be someplace, right? And then you're that Ed, like, <laughs> you know, like you're gonna punch drinking. out a psychic yeah, who yeah. apparently didn't see yeah. it coming. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was like, well, is she really a psychic? Yeah, if I'm she a didn't fraud just with dock, a black eye. Right? Right? Like yeah. whatever. Yeah, oh, I, the, okay, shout out to Grant Bowler, actually a good friend of mine. Here's hoping you get a better gig than this one. I I, I worked with Grant Bowler. I love Grant. He's, He's such a wonderful and talented man. Yeah. But the thing, my big question with Lindsay is, like, with Janis Joplin, okay, she was a mess and a train wreck, but when she showed up, it was electric. Right. It was astounding. When Lindsay shows up, it's like, eh. 
You know, like they at said best. The same thing of Robert Downey Jr. That when he was at his worst, he showed up and he was at work and he was and he on. Was wonderful. And that's why like everyone's that, that I can understand. Yeah, if right. people keep coming back because they're great and they're a lot of trouble, but they're still great. But is she really that great? No. And I don't now feel with that the way. work, but that's no longer she's sort of that's horrifying. no longer a prerequisite. I guess not. For I don't think talent is 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 any. Wow. I'm living proof of that. <laughs> talent is no you longer know, required. <laughs> yeah. To kind of be a media person. That was the title of your last show, right? Talent, Talent is no not required. required. And it's the basis of this show. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. It's, it's the basis of our next sketch. Unfortunately, Tony, we're going to bid you goodbye. No, 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 Okay, I thought Tony had to go. Tony, oh. do you have to go? Do you have to, to go? to the bathroom, but yeah. I can't okay, well, well, you've got a while <laughs> okay, to do well, that. Okay, you've got five yeah. minutes to go to the bathroom, so Tony will be staying. We will uh, we will have our own special musical performance. Sorry. Yay, because I want to hear him sing. That's fine. It's, yeah. it's anything goes night here at the dinner party. Right show. <laughs> on the table, please. And we have a I, we have a little sketch coming up called "I Don't Understand." Ooh, I think that's appropriate for this evening. I don't understand. <laughs> and now it's time for a very special serving here on the dinner party show. We like to call it "I Just Don't Understand" with Eric Shaw Quinn. I just don't like to call it that. You like to call it that. I don't even know what this is. This is the is. part of the evening where I bravely take Eric's hand and walk him, kicking and screaming through a pop cultural That's phenomenon nice. or technological innovation he just doesn't oh, understand. Really? Well, I can't wait for our first episode of Why Am I Always Out of Batteries with Christopher Rice. That's enough now. Or maybe we could try Is There Something to Cook Besides Oatmeal with As Christopher? As some of you may have already gathered from listening to our first few shows, Eric is thoroughly confused by just about everything. I'm not confused about where your face is, so watch it. Watch my own face? Or you could just watch my right hand. It'll lead you right to your face. Okay. Sounds like someone's had too much caffeine. Announcing the Dinner Party Show Decaf Edition, now with 50% less Eric Shaw Quinn. Okay, what are you doing? Hey, hey, Christopher, Christopher, turn it back on. Christopher, turn my mic on, or I'm leaving. Let's move this along, shall we? Eric Shaquin is a very smart man, like idiot savant smart. Like he can comprehend and summarize large philosophical <gasps> belief systems in a series of brief, elegant sentences. But whenever he's Flattery. asked to use a basic household appliance, he usually ends up setting himself or the house on fire through a series of vaguely distracted mishaps brought about by his belief that the task itself is beneath him and the appliances oh. involved oh, will yeah. listen to reason when things go awry. Okay. So Christopher, how long do you microwave coffee cake? Isolated incidents. If technology is so advanced, why don't we just have robots do it? You have a robot? What are you not telling me? And this segment is about how I'm in Idiot? It's not about how you're an idiot. It's about how sometimes, in the midst of brilliance, you make idiotic choices, like declaring Carly Rae Jepsen's "Call Me" a bad song, oh, or insisting I that see. Shark Wranglers I... is somehow staged. I see what this is all about. I feel like there might be a disconnect with us on this segment. You don't understand this segment? These are your opinions you're talking about, Christopher. Shark Wranglers is not staged. Shark Wranglers has no business being on the History Channel. I believe that's the point I was trying to make at dinner the other night. And if the whole purpose of this segment is to punish me for having different opinions from you, I don't the really think I'm going to want to The topic of tonight's episode, Twitter. 
Eric just doesn't understand it because it's too many words for a man it's of his no, age to follow. It's not enough words. What are you talking about? In his about? refusal to acquaint himself with the myriad of apps which offer various features that allow one to track threads of conversation oh and other... There's a myriad of links to press releases from celebrities and a lot of inappropriate questions posed by their cyber stalkers. Note the hostility of one who feels frightened and overwhelmed by a new medium. This is a sure sign someone just doesn't understand. And Twitter is a sign of one of the following things, both of which are awful. One, that we're so unbelievably dumbed down now as a culture that we can only process information when it's presented to us in minuscule bites. Or two, that we're arrogant enough to believe that 140 characters is enough to offer insight into the sensitive and complex issues facing our world today. He still doesn't get hashtags. What are they? What's the point? You can search for terms anyway. Why do you need a hashtag? You could always use them in an ironic way. I do. Yes, but you still put punctuation and spaces in them, which renders them useless. But otherwise, Twitter is useful. You hear that, folks? He just doesn't understand. Okay, all right. Enlighten me. What is it that I'm not getting about Twitter? It's a great source of news. So is the news. Uh, it's a wonderful way to follow your favorite celebrities. Follow them where? What are they doing? Tweeting. And there you have it. There are a lot of stand-up comics who tweet funny jokes. Yeah, because I always wanted to be a test audience for stand-up comics to try out their B material. You hear that, folks? He just doesn't understand. Stop saying that. Hashtag doesn't understand. I'm warning you. No space, no apostrophe. That's it. I'm leaving. Going to tweet. Hashtag short wranglers sucks. Thanks for joining us for our first installment of I Just Don't Understand with Eric Shaw Quinn. Next time, something else Eric doesn't understand, zombies. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for dessert. Brought to you by your sister's new husband who's had way too much wine. I mean, everybody's cheated at least once, right? I, I, I mean, am I right? The Dinner Party Show. <laughs> Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. That wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Alec Mappa is Drunk. Oh, God. Also known as Sunday Night. <laughs> Waking up yeah, with Alec yeah. Mappa. Is it a school night? Do I have to drive anybody to school? All right, kids, get in the car. <laughs> Tony Sweet is staying with us because we love Hooray. him so. Oh, we're He's glad. I can oh, Yeah, absolutely. God, the the super him. handsome Tony Sweet, as oh, we called him in every post. Wow. Why he ended up on radio, we're not really sure. The Usually they super say, handsome Tony Sweet, that's how he was the... <laughs> so I'm the gal with a great personality in this room. Yeah, you come were home. riotous comedian, Alec Mappa. Yeah, come sit by me, Alec. I know how you feel, girl. Uh, uh, Alec, talk about your show before things get weird. Holy shit, I got a television show. Yeah. Really? Oh, for AMC. Oh, what come? What's the show about? Uh, well, usually, like when networks, they start out doing reality because it's a cheaper thing to do. And then when they make money, they go into AMC is doing things backwards. <laughs> now that they have all these critically acclaimed shows, they're now moving into reality programming. And I'm a, I'm one of the hosts of a show called uh, Road Show. Road Show. And it's it's I, the working title is either Road Show or Showville, and it's a talent show in these small towns across America. The entire town. I'm like in an okay. The entire town um, 
auditions for the show. We pick four finalists, and then uh, the grand prize winner wins ten thousand dollars. <laughs> it's a talent show. It's a talent show. And you're show. the host of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we're going. We're going to these really interesting towns. We're going to uh, Holland, Michigan, which was settled by the Dutch. So it looks well, like that's... a little tiny Amsterdam out in the Midwest. Oh. And then we're going to Hugo, Oklahoma, which is where all the circuses go to like train and everything. And a lot of people just ended up living there. The so it's, La Miserable. It's, yes, it's this entire town of circus people. Are you going to get to be Alec on the show, or are you going to be Alec no, does I'm, Jeff I'm going to be uh, Amish on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that should be eye-opening. Yes, yes, Breaking I, Alec I, yes. Amish. Yes, I'm going to come on and talk about how I don't believe in electricity. <laughs> no, um, you don't I, believe you know, in I, e-books. So I, yeah, I don't believe so, in e-books. Yeah, I don't. The electricity I think thing wrong. is a real problem for you. I could it, see that. It is. I, this whole show should be by candlelight, I think. <laughs> it, it may well be by yeah. the time we're finished, given how things have gone. I should be in speaking into a tin can and a string. Yeah, Brandon yeah, is actually boiling water in there to keep us on the air. Brandon, over an open what fire. the hell is going Brandon on? Brandon has done a heroic job. We've had some uncooperative computers this evening. What happened tonight? Tonight excellent. has been a complete disaster. Tonight, what happened is that your energy walked through the front <laughs> door. You on the show, and everything went kerflam. Because prior to that, you know it's been like cakewalk. I'm so here. codependent. I will fully accept that. I'll be like, it's, it's my fault, you guys. Because then it's so all sorry. about you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so the show, we start filming next week. I'm going to be next in. Oh, my in, God. Uh, yeah, we really... start filming, and then we're going to be on the air in April. We've well, got you just in time. Yes. Just in time. And I think, I, think I, I hope I'll, I'll be able to get to be me on the road. I mean, I, I think that's why they hired me. I think, I think I'll probably have a... to be sober for it. Well, it'll uh, be like the, the I love Paris, a challenge. And Paris and Nicole going to farm oh communities God. and <laughs> trying to slap the hogs and <laughs> milk the pigs or whatever. Slap the hogs is the other working title <laughs> for the show. Hog well, slap. All right, then. Uh, it's official, so there is one it talent is show host that we will be talking about on the show. <sighs> Oh my God! Will be Alex. But see, this is the thing. This the, the what makes the show different. And if Whitney and Simon come on the show, maybe we'll make an exception for them too. <laughs> the show is different in that they're not going to Hollywood. They're not. They're this right, isn't they're, a jumping off point. In Holland. Yeah, they'll they're going to be big stars in their own town, and and these aren't people who want to. Uh, uh, go someplace else or, or go to a bigger so venue. So are you bringing in a director and a production designer? I mean, what is it that you are creating um, I'm kind for of the them? mentor of the show. There's me and a choreographer. Okay. And we are going to uh, groom the talent over a period of 48 hours. <laughs> With curry combs. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be picking nits out of them like a simian. Uh, no, uh, and, and then they, they, they get up in front of the whole hometown and... and do whatever it is they do. They're like great. magicians. They're contortionists. They're yeah. people are going to be playing the spoons. It's going to be. It's going to be pretty fantastic. Yeah. When does the show start airing? April. So you've got some time. I don't know. Right. <laughs> we can start programming our TiVos now. I might have figured uh, out how by then. Start looking for it on your TiVo. It appears we've reached the tail end of his enthusiasm for his own show. Um, you know what? Know. But, but that's me. That's, 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 that's me. Like, I don't, like, I know this whole town with television, it's about throwing stuff up against the wall and seeing what sticks. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? What I like to say about the reality television show development process, mm-hmm. which I've sort of gone through in 30 seconds, yes. it goes nowhere faster. <laughs> It really does, because you you think of these ideas that could ostensibly be done tomorrow with five people, and then they, nobody's interested, and it doesn't go anywhere. I, I took all these meetings for reality show ideas, and, and mine was, let's act out... Um, 
the reality of what horror movie or action thriller movie mm-hmm. scenes would be like, to which the executives in the room were like, yeah, you could eat brains. And I was like, <laughs> I could do that, or we could, you know, drop a car off a cliff. And they were like, yeah, or you could eat brains. <laughs> and I was like, by the fourth time they talked about me eating brains, I was done. Right, like, I'm not, right. you know. There was just somebody in the room who just really wanded to see you eat brains. Yeah, or you yeah well, eat you should brains. go to Kate Manolini's. Don't they have sweet breads on the menu? For God's sake. Like, okay, I'll have a bite. If you'll shut up, if you'll stop saying that, I'll even pay the tab. So you never know. You never know. Like, the brain eating show, you know, you could have done that. And if it was a hit, then you'd be a hero. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, I, you know, I, I've been on sitcoms that I thought, oh, this is never going to go anywhere. And then I bought a house. So <laughs> it's, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Well, I do have to say we have, this does kind of seg nicely into our next sponsor, which is probably going to be a controversial uh, uh, ad buy Bring for us. It. But you guys listen in and let me know what you think, because it's, it's something from the world of reality television that's come our way. This fall, on some semi-rich guy's brand new YouTube channel, comes a slick new reality show from the producers of Kick the Stylist and A Hot Guy Teaches My Fiance Nude Yoga. Hey y'all, I'm Tracy. When I'm not busy being a former waitress, I'm studying to be a pet psychic and staying out all night long at the hottest clubs in Hollywood. I'm really pretty and I have no self-esteem whatsoever, which is why I have sex with a lot of douchebags. Douchebags like... What's up, everybody? I'm DJ Steve N. That's like the name Steve with the letter N and not the name Steven because that's not my name anymore now that I'm a hot new DJ with his own Twitter account. My life is a nonstop whirlwind of making other people's music terrible. And that's how I met Tracy, and that's how she gave me genital warts. This fall, join us as we enter the hottest nightclubs, trendiest restaurants, and the most exclusive gyms as we follow one strain of the human papillomavirus all over Los Angeles. HPV Town, the hottest new show at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, hi, yeah, uh, Dan is the name. Uh, for past 10 years, I've lived in Studio City and what could best be described as a marriage of convenience. Well, it's over now. You see, I answered a Craigslist ad from self-described DJ who promised what the folks on the web call an anonymous scene, and unfortunately, he also gave me HPV. I'm not sure doing a reality show about this is the best choice, but right now it's the only choice I've got because my wife threw me out and I need the money. I am Susan, Dan's ex-wife, I just bought a gun. HPV Town. Some reality shows just bring you the stream of non-stop alcohol-fueled sexual encounters. But we also bring you the excruciatingly uncomfortable terminal consequences. And what better way to break down the doors of A-list Los Angeles than by riding on the back of the creepy crawlies hiding in its underwear. HPV Town, this fall on the internet somewhere. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. If you're not offended, you haven't really been listening. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> We're back for the most exciting part of the show. The whole the whole reason I wanted to do the show. The tonight. HPV commercial wasn't the or, uh, Acme. It wasn't the peak. Well, actually, the fact that Christopher was able to write something that offended you. <laughs> Is actually maybe the high point excuse of tonight's show. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. The word from our sponsor, you mean? <laughs> the word from our sponsor. The word from our sponsor got a sharp intake of breath from the most irreverent <laughs> comedian I know. From our sponsor, Tempax. Christopher, yeah. you, not you and those number. marketers really accomplished something I have there. To say, we think I we have should to get say. a plaque, <laughs> or maybe we could just get us. Song. Okay. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about it all night long. <clears throat> we we've have. Been talking, it's a very special musical performance. All right. <clears throat> you know what we've been talking about? We played the show for you while you were in the lobby, but you all were like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we heard you laughing at one point, and we thought they're laughing at the show. And I'm like, no, they're laughing at something they said. Yeah, they're we opened a bottle of champagne. Yeah. I know. That was the end of First that. of all, this is the most well-appointed radio station I've ever. It's like a bomb shelter. There's like <laughs> cookies. There's booze. There's tea. <laughs> <laughs> tea. Can, uh, yeah, there's tea. Life there's everything but actual dinner on the dinner party show. <laughs> That's next. Yeah. Oh, no, really? no, it isn't. No, it's it's not? We don't no. want the smell. I'm it's not no. dealing with dinner. Yeah. We, do, we do dessert. You're here for the dessert. This is the It's not called course. the dessert show. Oh, my goodness. It's called the dinner party show. Yeah, it's all literal. <laughs> so the next time you come in here, this, we'll stuff a bird. This, this, is, what, this is what white people day. call dinner. It's like cookies. Uh-huh. There's like frosted That's cookies. Right. On a, on That's, a, That's correct. And I frosted country. those cookies myself. I baked those cookies There'd be a pig on a spit. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a pig cookie. We're going to have pig cookies for Alec Mappa. Pig cookies. Pig cookies next We time. have a musical performance from Alec Mappa. I have to say I'm going to preface this a little bit. Eric and I went to see your show together, oh, and this is your God. weekly reminder that Eric and I are not romantically involved. If you're a tall British crime solver, you should totally ask Eric out. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> anyway, we went to see your show, Baby Daddy. You which, did. In a moment of seriousness, was a remarkable show for me because it was about getting older. Oh. <laughs> No, it really it was. It was about growing older as a gay person. It was about growing up. It wasn't just about raising a child. It was about what do you do? If you haven't seen it, you should. Exactly. And it was incredibly moving to me and I I, you know, I finally took you seriously as an artist. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to a show about deterioration. (laughs) That's what it took, right? Chris Rice. Absolutely. Nihilism in the end. Oh God, we're all going to die. But as part of the show as part of the show you did and now I'll let you explain it. Well, I, I talked about how getting older that I find gay men in their 20s stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun. Yeah. I had a good time being 20 I, and stupid. Yeah, well, you're supposed to be stupid. It's, Absolutely. It's, you know, you're supposed to be stupid when you're in your 20s but they're like, they like take pride in it now. Like, they're oh. they're professionally stupid. <laughs> and uh, like, and I said, first of all, their taste in music is absolutely dreadful. Amen. Um, I come from a generation of gay men that appreciated women like Judy Garland oh. and Edith Piaf oh. and Maria Callas oh. and really, you know, really fucked and up Donna women Summer. who could sing. Right, right. Really kind of like, but they could yeah. sing. Yeah. They had the goods. Yeah. And gay men today like Kesha and Britney Spears. And and my issue is they're not even singers. It's all auto-tune. God, did you hear yeah. what that guy said to her? What? That one of the contestants on X Factor said to Britney when she was telling him this was really not his his career. You said, so why is it you use auto tune for all of your songs? Oh, no. Live and on the air. Like, oh, wow. I, would, I almost wanted to watch the show. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like they're not even singers, they're appliances. 
<laughs> I, I love my toaster. I'm not going to spend 200 bucks to watch it in concert. So uh, yeah. my, my caveat was, um, I you know, I'm not here to put anybody down. I actually do love my friends in their 20s. So in order to bridge the gap between our two generations, I would like to do my impression of Miley, uh, Betty Davis mm-hmm. singing a Miley Cyrus song at karaoke. All righty, <laughs> Professional, do not try this at home. Thank you. Oh God, that is just my favorite thing. I hope that you twenty-year-olds feel brave. That was just. Oh my God. God. Well, now surely there's some questions. Now Facebook is blowing up. Facebook. Who do you think you are, Alec Moppa? Miley rules. Um, uh, uh, okay. he's, he's Alec Mappa. Oh That's God. who he thinks he is. He's Alec the hate mail's coming in as we speak. Uh, well, we got we got a message from. I'm trying to find it on here. This is a very technically so sophisticated show. From one of my stalkers. Show. All my stalkers look like Uncle Fester. By the way, I don't did know. Did you do? Like, they're like a club or something. Did you do a theatrical? It's a reality show for next fall. Uh, that would be a good did one. you do a reality show? Or, I'm sorry, a theatrical production called Connie and Carla. Yes, I did. Have, uh, Jeffrey Swisher would like to know if you've done any dinner theater since. <laughs> <laughs> I've done dinner theater, too. You have? Yes, I was in what Picnic was at the Bayou Dinner Theater, which the Bayou Dinner Theater wasn't finished yet, so we did it at the Howard Johnson's on Causeway Boulevard. Yeah. I always feel like the level of difficulty for dinner theater is horrible. It's kind of like it's bad enough that you have to get up and be and people eating mm-hmm. in front of uh, and, you. Yeah, and waiters are continuing to bring food and serve. Yeah, Connie and Carla was a movie I did with Nia Vardalis and Tony Collette oh, back right. in wow. 2003, and I guess Universal Studios had uh, overestimated the need for the drag queen musical, but um, <laughs> we kind of opened and closed within an hour. But um, it's since gained this cult following, like since it flopped in the movie theater, and and people love it as cult followings. All yeah, well, cult do. following is is the is the nicer term for a box office disaster, <laughs> box office poison. Right. Right, right. Sumiko Salson would like to know what it was like playing Suzuki St. Pierre on Ugly Betty, and how did you feel about the Byron Wu plot twist? The Byron Wu plot wow. twist. Wow, what a loyal fan. Absolutely. Now there's a fan. Um, I did not see that coming. I found out about Byron Wu plot twist uh, at the table read. Um, I played uh, Suzuki St. Pierre fashion reporter extraordinaire, who in Ugly Betty fashion, everybody has a secret, and my big secret was that I was a heterosexual 
uh, suburban dad with a wife and two kids. So it was a huge stretch. Yes, it was a huge stretch. <laughs> so I actually had to talk like this. I lived out in Jersey, and I was, like, grilling, and I had absolutely no makeup on, you and I looked great. like shit. And uh, every time they would yell cut, the entire cast and crew would go, I don't like you like this. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's not nearly as much fun. Would they That's all say it in unison? We yeah, don't like you uh, like this. I don't like you like this. America Ferrara would look at me and go, this is creepy. I don't like it. No. Yeah, okay. Kind of freaky. Some guy named Mitchell, I'm looking at his photo. I don't know. Maybe is it from... your editor? Mitchell no, Ivers, he's like, where are those pages I asked for yeah, right. 10 days ago? All right, right, right. He says, Dear Alec Mappa, oh, I'm God. a big fan of Miss Juanita Hall, the star of such classic American <laughs> musicals as South Pacific and Flower Drum Song. I assume she is of Asian extraction since she has played so many Asian characters. Can you tell me which Asian country she was extracted from? Signed, your sister's husband. She came from an Asian country called Philadelphia. Have <laughs> you heard of it? Philadelphia. Uh, Juanita Hall was an African-American actress who always played Asian people. Oh. And uh, like in South Pacific, she could kind of get away with oh it because she was for... supposed to be Polynesian. Yeah, this is But a in real Flower thing. Drum oh, Song, she played um, a, a Chinese woman. Oh, my God. But, and she would refer to her, as her brother-in-law in the film as my sister's husband. But whenever she did it, she would do it in this weird kind of southern Chinese accent. <laughs> it was like, yeah, if you watch it in Flower Drum Song, she goes, and where are you off to today? My sister's husband. <laughs> <laughs> they must fall in love the American way. My sister's husband. Uh, it's bizarre. Rent it. You'll be glad you did. Oh my god, that's yeah. genius yeah. and horrifying. All horrifying. Into one. Yes, and it available just... on DVD. I hear so. We did. That was a great stocking. Thanks for the warning. Of that. <laughs> A long tradition of that in this country. Yes. It's just yeah. sort of Carrie Underwood's actually starring in the remake of Flower Drum Song. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie Underwood yeah. and Kesha. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's playing Juanita Hall, playing a Chinese woman. I see. Absolutely. She's going to surprise a lot of people. It's called racially meta. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Any other any other inquiries from Facebook? No, just two. No, just, just two. two. Nobody knows. No, I, I, I think else that's... just had mean things those to are say the two about good us. Yeah. They get real repetitive after that. Oh, they do? Yeah, they do. Everybody just wants to know about Ugly Betty and Juanita Hall. Oh, really? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Ugly Betty was like the easiest job I ever had. Oh, yeah? Dude, yeah. were you in New York to do it? Were you I part of that? I flew to New York twice a month, so I got a lot of miles. That's great. Yeah, and... Um, I would I would get the script a day before and and then I would just stand up and just I memorize it in the chair. So all the all my outtakes are ugly, but going I don't know what's next. I don't I have right. no idea what's coming up next. And again, it was one of those things that I was asked to do a guest starring thing and it turned into thirty two episodes. So That's you wonderful. Know. Yeah, I was super super lucky. Yeah. What is the stupidest question you get about acting? How do you remember all those lines? Yes, I was going to ask yes. you. How do you remember all those lines? And the and the answer is I don't. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't. And it's getting worse. So you're making up most of what you yeah, say. Yeah, so, so that's why I've moved you. into reality television. <laughs> I'm no longer hireable in this town. Yeah. In scripted television, it has all to be improv. Well, I think they've about stopped making scripted television. Even when they are sort of plot-driven shows, they still, everything is ad-libbed. Really? Yeah, you, you can see I it when you're watching the I think people are still hungry for story. All this stuff, all my favorite shows. That's all I want to see. We're still hungry for yeah. story. The American Horror Story, are you watching? Oh my God, it's so horrifying. I'm falling behind. 
time because it was freaking me out. They have a Christmas Conroy. special coming oh, up on the Francis Francis Conroy was on last week. As the angel of death. As the angel of death. She's and she amazing. was fantastic. Yeah. You have to catch up because because evil watch. Santa shows up on the 5th. They've got oh. the Christmas special, the American Horror Story. Are you going to have Zachary Quinto on the show? The show is freaking me oh, out. Oh, I would love to have oh, Zachary Quinto on, so the on the show. He's so good on the show this season. Well, well uh, clearly we'll have anyone on the show. So I've been like, my God. Talent is not a requirement. We're just starting. I mean, really, we can't get too picky here, guys. So I'm the starter wife for this yeah, show? Yeah, It's kind of like a, well, we got Alec Moffat. I hope Moffat this is just the beginning right. of a long no, friendship. We oh hope God. that you become a regular correspondent. No, it becomes this a hit, be and then they guess. no longer call you again. I've seen, I, I'm not new to this. Oh, no. no I know no. how this works. We're going to get old here, honey. Um, yeah. We're absolutely. having you all back. Well, gentlemen, thank you both very We're much. Done? Yes, you're done. You're it's five done. hours later. Yeah, <laughs> you have made it. You have made it to You've the end survived. of the dinner party show with Christopher Rice and Eric Chuckwin. I want to thank you very much for coming out. You were both wonderful. Thank you, guys. Really, best guests. Best guests. And the musical guys. performance. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you so much. I consider that a personal, my Christmas miracle. That was You're wonderful. welcome. And now it's time for another installment in our ongoing series of public service announcements, Best Served Warm. <laughs> and now, Jonelle Sams for Best Served Warm part of the Dinner Party Show's public service commitment. Hey, I'm Jonelle Sams, Dinner Party Show Relationship Consultant. You probably know me from my on-air homemade relationship advice column, but tonight on Best Served Warm, I'd like to take a moment to help raise your awareness of bed death. I was not aware of bed death until I overheard some of the girls from the softball team my husband coaches talking about it. I was curious, so when I got home from their annual arm wrestling and snake stomping fundraiser barbecue, I looked it up. I was living in a fool's paradise. Turns out, bed-related deaths claim the lives of most Americans. More people die in bed than anywhere else. We hear about marches for cancer, and bike rides for heart attacks, and dimes for birth defects, telethons for kidneys and such like, but no one is doing anything about the alarming number of people who die in bed each year. I'd like to offer a little common sense advice I got from my husband of 22 blissful years of marriage, Merle. Why not just sleep on the couch? That's what my Merle does most of the time, and he's fine. With the number of lives lost and families destroyed in bed each year, it just stands to reason that we can head off the trouble so many find between the sheets if we just stay out of the bedroom altogether. Until we know more about this silent, comfortable killer, we all just need to sleep in the den and avoid taking the risk of not knowing what's going to happen in bed. This is Jonelle Sams reminding you that avoiding bed-related death is just a lazy boy and chenille throwaway. And that's advice that's best served warm and cozy. If you're going to have, have a lot to clean up. Shay is going to have a Shea Butters, our manservant, our sadistic manservant who runs our Facebook page, who we never acknowledge uh, on the show because he's a bitch. A monster. He's a monster. He's going to be all over us about the technical difficulties tonight. But I think it was a great show. Oh, my God. I had a ball. I had the most fun I've had. Kept us on our toes. So we should, you know, just unplug everything for a second right as we're getting ready to start and see what Absolutely. happens. Every, it was, I think having really amazing guests really helped. It does. Thank you, Tony and Alec. Thank you. And it, Tony said as he was leaving once we were off the air that uh, his birthday is coming up in a few days. Oh. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> well, congratulations. Tony Sweet. Next week, 
Jan and Marsha. Marsha and Jan. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. The Marsha in that equation is Marsha Clark, who some, many of you, probably all of you know, is the famed L.A. County prosecutor who prosecuted the O.J. Simpson murder trial. She has since transitioned into the world of critically acclaimed mystery novels, and they're very good. I have read her first book, and I was a huge fan. Genuine critical acclaim. Yes, she has written them herself. Yes, they are very good. And uh, Jan Burke is an Edgar Award-winning novelist. A dear friend of mine, and she is kind of a forensic science expert, and she uh, is going to be here to talk about the wackiest murders in the country uh, this month. That sounds excellent. <laughs> and just on a on a personal note for Christopher and I, we love doing the, the dinner party show, and, and we're happy to bring it into your homes uh, free of charge, I would point out. So buy our books, would you? There's a, there's a store page <laughs> on the website. Go there and click re- repeatedly on our books. Absolutely. I have two books available as an ebook. Eric's novel, uh, Say Uncle, is available as an ebook. And our guests' works are often posted there, not tonight's. They not tonight's, because the, apparently they didn't believe in ebooks. Right. Anyway, this has been a wonderful show. Our fourth live show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we'll be back here next week, Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern with Marsha Clark and Jan Burke. Have a good night. Marsha, Marsha, I'd be to a marvelous party.